Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Church. So church, could be up standing and give uh, Pastor Sam Long a big welcome. All the way from South Australia. So, yeah, come on now. Come on, you can do a bit better. Oh man, come on, Global Heart. That's pretty good for me. Let's double up for Jesus. Come on, let's really lift up his name tonight. Come on, let's really just honor him. Come on, let's just give him praise tonight. Come on, Jesus, we thank You. You're my name above every name. Come on, You're the chain breaker. You're the miracle worker. It's You who gets the glory. It's You who gets the honour. We give You praise tonight. Come on, and the faith-filled people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. This is crazy. Like what other church in Australia meets on a Friday night and has a room full of hungry, faith-filled, come on, believers on fire for God. This is awesome. Uh, I gotta tell you, it's been such a, an honour and a blessing to be here this week with Global Youth. Come on, where my youth at tonight? You here? And uh, the whole team just doing an incredible job. Shout out to Pastor Div and the whole team just doing incredible. And um, yeah, it's been so incredible just to see God moving, the Holy Spirit being poured out. Come on, young people encountering God. Who's grateful to be part of a house? Come on, the honours and values for generations. Come on, parents, who's grateful that your kids are in a house like this, man? I tell you, it's so good. And uh, me and Pastor Jared, we've spent a lot of time together now. Uh, we spent about three minutes together. Last night, I was here. He was in the production booth hiding. And I spotted him. And then someone illuminated him with a light. And sure, he was trying to be sneaky. Nah, no sneaky. And uh, so we met then. And then we just I just got to spend... Uh, an hour with a great man of God and um, my faith feels stirred really like I feel um, I was an impartation of just faith and I hope you know that you're in a church that's following the Holy Spirit and the leading of God I feel I feel honoured just to be sharing because this is a house of miracles and I love that word miracle territory and, and uh, man it's awesome we honour you Pastor Jared thank you for the opportunity uh, to speak, and uh, even if even if I absolutely bomb the sermon, uh, I'm so glad I came because that was just the best chat. I'm taking that back, and uh, I feel like even if you guys get a terrible chat from me, I got a great chat from him, so it's a good deal. So um, <laughs> it's awesome. So can we honour Pastor Jerry? Come on, thank you so much. It's great. You can go ahead and take your seat, church. Just uh, just give three people a high five. Come on around you and say, it's good to see you. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, let's thank our worship team as well. What an amazing job. Like powerful and vibey. So much fun, I love it, it's so good. Uh, I am from Adelaide, South Australia, really Perth's rival city. 
Uh, we're, we're both the cities that get nothing. And uh, so it's great, it's great to be with my, my brothers and sisters <laughs> who have an absence of any music artists coming to your city or it's just fantastic. So it's great. But we did get the scooters two years before you, those little electric scooters. So they're all in the bottom of the Torrens River now. So you'll see how that plays out for you guys soon. But it is great to be here. Uh, I... I've been over all week and uh, literally had the most terrifying plane ride of my life coming here. So that was really interesting. I sent my wife a text saying, I love you. <laughs> so I've flown a lot. This one, it felt like Godzilla grabbed the plane and was just shaking it. And uh, it was very scary. But we got here and uh, we had an amazing time uh, with your young people this week. And, and uh, I, I am married to a beautiful woman. Her name is Hannah Long. And we've been married for seven years, which is crazy now. And uh, she's my better half in every way. We actually grew up together in church. Come on, shout out to church kids. Come on. Shout out to church kids. Um, we were in a kids band together called History Makers. I was on the keyboard. She was the worship leader. We did not get along. I told her everything she was doing wrong. And uh, she said this, her mum said to her when she was 14, she said, one day when you're older, you're gonna grow up and I really think you're gonna marry Sam Long. And she said, there is no way in the world I am ever marrying that jerk. <laughs> so, like my message tonight for all the boys is, come on, never give up. Never give up. There's hope for you yet. So uh, we, our, I've got a photo of us here at our year 12 formal together. That's us. So let that just bless you tonight. Um, she, I'll tell you a funny story about that. That smile there of hers is absolutely fake because I broke up with my high school girlfriend two weeks before this formal and Hannah was the only other girl who talked to me. So I begged her to come with me and she literally did it out of sympathy. And she came and that was the beginning of beautiful things. So, uh, so that, that's us in our year 12 formal. I've got a picture of us on our wedding day together and uh, we, we kind of upgraded her. That's, that's, isn't she beautiful? I miss her. And uh, I've got a little photo. Uh, we, we've been reproducing rapidly. And uh, that's, that's our, uh, uh, we had, uh, just on, under three years ago now we had twins and that's Leo and Shiloh. Uh, and I think I've got a photo of our whole little family together. I can show you as well. This is the Long Clan. So, uh, so we, we also produced a Ranger which is very exciting. So on the right, that's Leo Long. And he is, you know, like when you think of a stereotype of someone with red hair, he's all of it, man. He's fiery. Like Gabriel, our oldest son, will try and dress him down, tell him what to do. Like he's half his age and he'll just have none of it, man. He will take him down. So, so that's Leo and he's just, he's just the cutest. He's so chubby. Who knows? It's like the fatter the kid, the better. Come on. It's just, so he's all that. And uh, so, so that's him. And then next to him is Gabriel Blaze. He's my mushy, cuddly, affectionate uh, little boy. He just wants to cuddle me all the time. Uh, my face gets assaulted every day with this. He just, he loves, I don't know what it is. He rubs my face and smells it. It's weird, but he does it. So that's him. And then, uh, and then that Shiloh, <laughs> Shiloh Rhodes, my little princess uh, on the end there. She's just everything. I am completely undone by her. I give her most things she wants already. And uh, she, she's just beautiful. And then the one who holds our entire family together and is just the most amazing woman ever is my wife, Hannah Long. And uh, so that's our little crew. So my wife says hi, so hello. And, uh, and here we are. So are we ready for the word today? Yeah. 
Good, good. I can't wait to, to bring in the Word today. And, uh, you know, we come off the back of a, a great week. And uh, come on, who, who, which young person had a great week this week? Who, who heard from God? Who felt touched? It's awesome. And I, I love these moments. I love having environments uh, of encounter. Environments where we meet with the Lord, environments where we are reminded of how powerful God is and how close He is. And, and I think one of the great legacies of the Pentecostal church is, is that we make for moments of encounter and, and, and make space for the Holy Spirit to move and for lives to be changed. And I, I love that this is that kind of house. But the other thing I've noticed as, as a faith guy and someone who loves the Holy Spirit is we need to learn not just how to have moments of great faith, but actually how to live by faith day by day. Because who knows, there's a whole lot of living that happens between our big moments in God. And our problem most of the time isn't what we do with the big moments. They're kind of easy. It's like, wow, God's real, there he is. But how do we actually live a life of faith consistently? Between these encounters, between these mountaintop moments, between where we get the sense that heaven's close to earth and that God is really there, how do we actually live a lifestyle of faith? Because the Word of God doesn't call us to moments of faith, it calls us to a life of faith. Faith is a lifestyle that we're actually meant to live in. And of course, this is a biblical word, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, we all know it. It's probably on your bumper sticker, but let's get reminded today of it, right? Kuron Bookstore loves this one, you know? For we live by faith, not by sight. In other words, our faith is meant to be something that we live in. Not somewhere we visit for a little pick me up, not a zap of dopamine in an event, but, but something that we live in. Um, I don't know if there's anyone here who likes camping. Just put your hand up if you like camping. You're a camper. I don't get you people. I don't get you people. You people need help, man. So who's a hotel person? Come on, like resort, hotel, just serve me. You know? <laughs> I'm all about it. I love it. I, unapologetically, I love a hotel. It's just, I, it's good. You know why I love it? Because you get out of bed and it's, it's not made. I and mean, when you walk back in your room, <laughs> done so. You know, you have a shower, you wipe yourself down, towel on the floor. <laughs> you know, you come back in, a couple, it's all done. And it's, it's amazing because it's like, wow, I love this, right? And, and we love it because it's a nice experience. But I found out something when I got married. Um, <laughs> It's that, it's that you really can't treat your home like a hotel. Like if I leave the bed unmade, how does it look about, let me serve you. <laughs> let me put that, she's like, right? I don't leave a towel on the floor. Come on, somebody. I have to fold it up. I'm a man now. <laughs> I like to think I am. Although this week at the hotel, Pastor Jared, I did indulge the towel thing. I did let it, and it came back and it was really good. And, um, but the difference is, is that a hotel is somewhere you go for a nice experience, right? The house is where you live. It's where you actually function. It's the nuts and bolts of who you are and how you do your life. God has called our faith not to be like a hotel that we visit for a nice experience from time to time, but actually a lifestyle in which we live but it's meant to be nuts and bolts. It's meant to actually work in your life. Like what good is it if we talk faith up here, but it makes no sense to your actual life. 
So the question is, how do we transfer these moments of faith to something that we actually live in tonight? I've got a really original title for my message. You ready, you ready for it? This is, so, man, this, this took me forever. It's called, How to Know You're Living in Faith. It's really good. It's a great title. Do you know how many thesauruses I went through for that? Crazy. All right, how to know you're living in faith. And I, and I, wanna, I wanna read to you perhaps a story from the Scripture that we're familiar with. And the problem when we go to familiar stories, of course, is we think we know how it goes. Uh, but who knows every time we go to the Scripture, God speaks to us in a fresh way. So let's believe for that tonight. Matthew 14, uh, 26 to 30. Uh, this is the story of, of Peter walking out his faith on water <laughs> for the first time. And I love this, Matthew 14, 26 to 30. says, when the disciples saw Him, this is Jesus, walking on the lake, they were terrified. <laughs> it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, He said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And we know how the rest of the story goes, that, that Jesus reached out and saved Peter in the midst of his drowning, which is a lot more honest description of what living by faith is actually like. So, so I wanna draw a few things out of this. How to know you're living by faith. Number one, are we, are we a note-taking church today? Is that okay? Number one, number one, you keep doing things that make you scared. You keep doing things that make you sick. There's a, there's a few words that just jumped out to me when I was reading this, this, uh, this passage recently. It says, when the disciples saw Him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Everyone say terrified. terrified. It's a ghost face said, and they cried out in what? Fear. Everyone say fear. fear. Isn't it interesting? Actually, there's one more. Let's keep going. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said, then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was what? Afraid. That sounds like a government ad. <laughs> Authorised by the Australian government camera, right? So, <laughs> a few words that the Bible describes Peter's walk of faith. <laughs> you ready for it? These are great spiritual sounding words. Terrified, fearful and afraid. In other words, you know you're actually living in faith when you're doing things that make you scared. I would posture it to you in this way. The last time you did something that scared you in response to something God told you was the last time you were living in faith. Because when you're living in faith in response to that which He's spoken, I hate, to, I hate to tell you, I know fear ain't a popular word in the church. Faith of the fear, faith of the fear. Fear won't happen. No fear, no fear, no fear. Actually, it will. Actually, no, it will, 100%. If you are living by faith, you are going to be scared. And a faith that's not scary is a faith that's getting stale. So a lifestyle of faith looks like this. Don't go too long between doing things for God that scare you. We're leading a church in Adelaide. It's called Nova Church. It's three years old, right? It's just, it's a toddler church. It's a toddler. It's just a few years old. And, and we never intended on starting a church. Not, not our intention. We weren't like, woo, Nova Church City, but let's go, let's do that. That's awesome. No, we're doing it and we're doing it scared. 
I, I, a part of our story is we were just going about our lives. We were youth pastors in a place called Murray Bridge. Some of you ask what that is. It's a town. And, um, and that's where we were, just doing ministry. And we went to buy a house. We said to our pastor, what do you think about this house? And he goes, nope, uh, there's a church in you. And one day I got asked to pick up a, a prophet for a conference and drive him to the conference. And driving guest speakers is just, it's, it's scary. It's risky business. And, <laughs> and, um, and it's, particularly if you're driving a prophet. And so we were just minding our business in Murray Bridge and, and we're there and I'm driving this guy and I'm scared. I'm like, oh, it's a prophet. You know, like I'm freaking out. And, and we're driving along and he, he says, oh, Sam, just as I'm driving, I'm seeing this picture. And he says, um, you're pregnant with twins. And he goes, one of them's a church and one of them's youth alive, none of which had happened yet. And he goes, they're gonna be given birth to in succession and they're gonna grow up together over the next few years and share spiritual DNA. And my hairs are standing back up on my neck and I'm like, whew, all right, have a good session. Have a good session, prophet. <laughs> and I'm like, whew. A few months later, we get a phone call, would you like to take on you for life? Okay. Pastor says, don't buy the house. You're moving to the city. I start travelling and preaching. I get crazy cross-eyed prophetic people coming at me left, right and centre. There's a church in you. <laughs> crazy. It's happening again and again and again. By the time we got to the interview, I'm like, stop talking to me, everyone. We had our first born son, Gabriel, and we're in a prayer meeting and the same prophet comes back. He's going around, he's praying for everybody, he puts his hand on my head and he says, I'm just seeing twins. Now the cynical side of me thought, this guy just uses the twins word all the time. <laughs> and he goes, I'm just seeing the number two. Everywhere I look, I'm seeing twins. The number two is gonna follow you everywhere you go. Two things for this, two things for that. God's gonna work in twos. And Hannah turns to me and she goes, do you think we're gonna have twins? I said, absolutely not. I rebuke that in Jesus' Name. There's no way that's happening. This is a metaphor. It's a metaphor. It's a spiritual only metaphor. So we start our church. And two months after our church was planted, Hannah gave birth to twins, Leo and Shiloh, who were born on the 22nd <laughs> of August. Now, I say all that to say this. Planting that church is the scariest thing I've ever done. No money, no resource, no idea what we're doing. Still, the, the last one's still true. I'll tell you though, what'll get you through times where you're doing stuff that's scary is that you have a faith in you that is responsive to the Word that God has spoken to you. I don't know how we're gonna get the building. I don't know where people are gonna come from. I don't know what they're gonna say, but come on, we're living this out. We ain't just jumping conference to conference. It's a faith, come on, that's steady, that's inside of you. Because if God said it, I'm gonna step out on that wall, I'm petrified. But if He said it, come on, I can do it. That's how you know, come on, you are living in faith. Oh, church, sometimes we set our lives up in a way that they require no faith to live. And we call it wisdom. 
We budget in such a way that it requires no faith. We schedule our lives in such a way that it requires no faith. We talk to people in such a way that it requires no faith. And sometimes we like to use carnal word, uh, spiritual words to disguise carnal qualities. We call it wisdom when sometimes it's just a lack of faith to make room for God. How about this one? Yeah, I, I, we lead 50% of our church are uni students. Pray for me. And I get people come to me all the time. They say weird things to me. They say stuff like, you know, I just got a piece about it, man. Gonna date this girl. She's been at church for 30 seconds now and God told me. <laughs> and I got a piece about it. Now, now I've got nothing wrong with peace. Peace is good. Peace is fine. We know the Word of God says that the peace of God guards our hearts. But sometimes peace ain't the best indicator of whether you're doing the right thing or not. And I'll tell you why. I say to her sometimes, you know, it'd be a lot more peaceful not leading this church. <laughs> Do you, think, do you think like Peter's out on the waves like, woo, so peaceful out here, man, wow. No, peace is our guard, but His presence is our guide. I wanna be where the presence of Jesus is. How to know you're living in faith. Okay, I gotta keep moving. Number two, uh, how to know you're living in faith. You keep saying things that don't make sense. You keep saying things that don't make sense. I love that in Matthew 14, 28, Peter says to Jesus, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, last time I checked, if me and Pastor Jared or Pastor Isaac or someone, Joe, Pastor Joe, if we went to the beach and we were all in the water, Joe's not going to say to me, Sam, come to me on the water. I come to me in the water. Why is saying on the water? Because Jesus is involved. Because when Jesus is present, you're going to say things that don't make sense. You're going to say things that you never would have said if He wasn't involved in the situation. <laughs> it's how to know you're living in faith. I remember one time I was on a plane and I was sitting next to this guy and the Holy Spirit said to me, ask him what church he goes to. And I had a number of objections to this. My first objection was it was 15 minutes into the flight, past the window of time where you can talk to the person next to you. <laughs> Sound awkward. If you don't get that out of the way in the first 15 minutes, you're just weird now. Don't talk. Second objection I had is that we hadn't even established that he went to church. So there was that. So I finally respond to this prompting and I say to him, I say, oh, hey man, how are you? I'm Sam. Uh, yeah, good, watch that. Yeah, good. Hey, what church do you go to? And he says, I don't go to church. I'm like, great word of knowledge, false prophet. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And uh, we're having this conversation and he says, oh, it's funny you should say that though. I'm from Adelaide, but I was on my way to Brisbane. I'm like, oh, are you in Brisbane? He's like, I was going to see my uncle. I was like, what did your uncle do? He's like, he's a pastor. I said, oh, okay. Now, why were you going to see him? He's like, because I've been having these nightmares. And I can't sleep at night. And it's been terrible. So I went to see him and I asked him to pray for me. I'm like, how'd it go? He's like, not good, nothing happened. And I was like, good. <laughs> and he goes, anyway, enough about me. What do you do? I said, oh, <laughs> you're not going to believe it. I'm a pastor. And he says, no way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why? Why is that no way? And he goes, my crazy auntie was right. <laughs> and I'm like, what? A, your crazy auntie? He's like, my crazy auntie told me I was going to meet someone on the plane on the way back who was going to help me with the issue I was going through. And my hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I'm like, God is real. <laughs> and we're, 
We're having this conversation. We're having this conversation on the plane. And once there's these things called demons, you've got to be careful what you let in your ear gate, your eye gate. You've got to be really careful, all this stuff. And everyone in the, front, the row in front's doing this. You pray for him on the plane. He's crying, he's encountering Jesus because sometimes when you're living in faith, you're gonna have to say things that don't make sense. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of a tongue. In other words, faith has a language. We speak differently when we're people of faith. It, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through stuff. It doesn't mean that we deny reality and go, no, you know, the bills are paid. No, they're not. You know, it doesn't mean we go, no, 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 they're not sick. Yes, they are. We acknowledge that. We're not talking about hyper faith, but doesn't acknowledge reality. I'm talking about even though they are sick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe God. I'm gonna speak that He's my healer. Even though the bill isn't paid. I thank you, God, you're my provision. See, we, see, see, the flesh spends its time talking about mountains, but faith spends its time speaking to mountains. Come on, that God is the God of the impossible and that we live a lifestyle of faith. It affects our language, our language. The third way to know you're living in faith tonight is this. This is my favourite. Number three, you keep finding yourself in over your head. I love that this is a failure reel. Yeah, we have highlight reels. This is like, Peter's like, you know, if this was like 2022, they would have cut it right before he drowned on Instagram. This is like 2022 ministry. Yeah, man, walking on water, you know, and, and the, you're not anymore. But you cut out before everyone see that. Now, I love that it's in the Bible because it's actually the fact that he, that he drowns he doesn't actually, in case you don't know how it ends, he doesn't actually die, but he does, he does fall, he stumbles. He's, he's in over his head, he can't do it on his own. And Jesus reaches out to him and he pulls him out. And I love this because I think sometimes we're convinced that if we feel in, our, in over our head and we're drowning, but there's something wrong with our faith. It's because we've got a bumper sticker Christianity that says silly things like this, God won't give you more than you can handle. I know it's on your bumper. I know it's on your magnet, like the fridge magnet. It's not in the Bible. In fact, ask anyone who got used by God in the Bible. They'll be like, yeah, I could totally handle it. (laughs) Yeah, you know why God gave me the job of freeing the Israelites? Because I could handle it. No. God is in the business of giving people things that they can't handle. And, And we could talk for ages about this. We don't have time, but... Everyone of faith God used in the Bible was given far more they could handle. And, and I think one of the reasons this is, is because if you could handle it, you wouldn't need God. What else drives you to your knees in your actual life other than things that you can't handle on your own? See, God positions us with assignments. How do I raise these kids with ministry, with work, with business, with university and, I, and the sense of I can'tness? He allows us to get there because if He drives us to dependence, it's a good thing. Can I tell you something today? Not being able to do it isn't a sign that you shouldn't be doing it. It's just a sign that you shouldn't be doing it without God. Of course you can't. Doesn't matter. You got God on your side. 
I can't run this business. It's over my head. It's growing quicker than I thought. It's not doing as well. I can't do it. Of course you can't do it, but you've got God on your side. Come on, I've got to tell someone today, not being able to do it isn't evidence that you shouldn't be doing it. It's just evidence that you shouldn't be doing it in your flesh. You need to be doing it in faith. You need a dependence on God. On God. Today, I want to call people, Global Heart Church, into a life of faith again. I don't know what might have knocked the wind out of your faith. I don't know today if you're feeling full of faith or you feel like the season you've been in has knocked it out. But here's what I feel my assignment is from Jesus tonight. It is to to deposit a gift of faith into your heart and into your spirit to say, I'm not just gonna have moments, but my God has given me everything I need for the season that I'm in. But I can overcome, why? Because I'm living by faith. You can make it not because you're great, but because He is. You can make it not because you got it together, but because He does. Come on, you're gonna say things that don't make sense. You're gonna do things that people question. But when the presence of Jesus is there, anything is possible. Anything is possible. So tonight, church, I just wonder if we could stand to our feet. Come on, all across this place tonight. And I don't know what's knocked your faith around. But this is what I know tonight. The Bible says, my righteous ones will live by faith. Faith is your inheritance and your portion. And this is what I believe for tonight. I believe that God is gonna give you the faith for whatever it is that you're facing. Whatever it is that you're facing tonight, receive the gift of faith for it right now in Jesus' Name. Come on, if you're here and there's some mountains in your way, there's some things you've struggled to have faith for, you need a fresh injection, an impartation, come on, of miracle working power, of faith today. Come on, lift your hands to heaven, church. We all need a little bit more faith today. So come on, right now in the Name of Jesus, I thank You, Lord, right now that every person in this room would flourish in faith. I thank You, Lord, right now for a gift of faith to literally fall into every situation people are facing. I thank You, Lord, for faith for every mountain, faith for every obstacle. We thank You, Lord, that we will not live Sunday to Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in faith. I speak faith over Your sons and daughters. I speak faith over their future. Come on, in the mighty Name of Jesus. Come on, and a faith-filled people said, come on, Amen. Amen, Amen. Church, just for a moment together, can we just worship Him? Come on, can we just worship Him and receive the faith Come on, that He has for us today? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.